You're listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, where it's all about helping you grow your Denver real estate portfolio. Here's your host, Chris Lopez. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. Chris Lopez here, and I'm joined by Joe Massey at Castle & Cook. And today, we'll be talking about the June 2020 market stats and giving you the update on there. Joe, glad to have you in the studio, man. Of course, man. Always appreciate being here. Thanks so much for having me join on the show. Um, I love the stats, uh, the, the monthly roundup. So excited to chat about this because, you know, it's a little different than the ones we were doing three or four months ago where it was kind of the same old story. Uh, now we've got some some fresh meat and fresh things that are occurring in the market. So I'm kind of excited. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, as you said, it's a different story. So just to start off very, very high level, active listings are way down from last year. So we like to look at things year over year because we have seasonality here in Denver. So we're going to compare June 2020 to June 2019. So our active listings are down 33%. So we fall off a cliff, Joe. I'm not sure if you heard about the pandemic or not, but uh, oh, that that, uh, that did slow down some people wanting to sell their home. When you're quarantining, when you're staying safer at home, not everybody wants to sell their home and try and buy a new one at the exact same time. And so you're right. We do have seasonality, but we also have some external factors uh, such as the COVID-19 pandemic, which has slowed down uh, or slowed down, whatever the appropriate word is, slowed down the number of new listings coming on the market. Yeah, so if you actually look at new listings, here's the interesting thing. So active listings are down 33%. So a year ago, there were about 9,500 properties on the market. And remember last year is when we saw that increase in inventory compared to the last handful of years. So we had that going for us. In June 2020, we were at 6,300. So about 3,000 uh, less properties on the market. Now, here are the two interesting stats. New listings are down about 3% year over year but under contracts are up about 27%. So why we're seeing a huge drop in the active listings at the end of the month is for this month, it's not because people are locked down. Now that was more April case, yep. but once the market started coming back to life in May, uh, in May, people started putting their markets on the property. But we just saw a huge, huge buyer demand come out like that second week of May is when I felt it. Yep. Um, you know, give or take a few days, but we were just, you know, we were going along, we were doing a few deals and all of a sudden just like, holy smokes, everything was just multiple offers and it was just hot. Yep. So just all this pent up demand, I think was interest rates have dropped. Yep. Uh, people are stuck in their house, maybe like, oh my gosh, I hate this house or I need a home office, whatever it is. Yep. And then just they still needed to buy. The spring season got pushed out. So lots of that pent-up buyer demand came out. Yeah, I think it's all of those things. Interest rates are low, which increases buyer activity, number one. Number two, everybody that was planning in January, when you would ask them, hey, what was your goal? Well, we want to buy a house in the spring because we need to get little Timmy into a new school district. Okay, great. Those people are still there. They couldn't buy a house in March, April, and May because they were staying safer at home, just like we all were. So now they're out looking at properties in June, all right? So you've got low rates, number one. The normal people that were planning to buy have moved back. And then number three, exactly what you said, Chris, we have folks that were in a two-bedroom home with no office and no study, and you've got your spouse working at the kitchen table, you're working at the dining room table, and you're trying to do homeschooling on the couch. Holy cow, this house is too small. We need to get a bigger house. And so we've seen a combination of all three of those that have led to massive, massive buyer demand as compared to seller inventory. And so looking down here, the next thing I want to focus on is just um, the closed prices and average and median, because we've talked about this on a few of the previous podcasts, Joe, 
where for a couple months there, we saw the average price actually go negative, yep. you know, negative couple percent, while we saw the median price still increase. And that was mostly due to the higher end market, you know, what, seven, $800,000 plus properties in Jumbo Loan World, that market just seized up. Yep. And so we saw, we still saw the, the less expensive properties still continue to appreciate, but the way the math works out, you know, we saw the average price drop. So the average price of June 20 compared to June 2019 is up 2%. The median price is up 4.5%. So I am not surprised that the median price is still positive. I was not expecting an almost 5% increase. Yeah. I am surprised the average price has increased though. And this actually brings me a question because, you know, we don't, we don't do a lot of stuff in the jumbo loans. Jumbo loans, since we buy investment properties, what is the jumbo loan market doing now? Uh, you know what? For us, we maintain some alternative solutions, even when jumbo lending. And you, mean really, Ca you and Castle Cook, Castle right? Cook yeah. yeah, jumbo. Uh, we maintain some alternative solutions, even when that market froze up in March. Uh, March 15th, I guess is about when it was. Um, so we maintained some alternatives that we could still help people buy a million dollar homes, one in the quarter, you know, $800,000 homes. Um, but since about what, June 15th or so, we've actually brought some jumbo products back into the market. So you had about 90 days that those were almost completely impossible to find. And since that time, we've brought some of those back. Other lenders have as well. And that leads to, it makes it a little bit easier to buy that seven, eight, nine hundred thousand dollars home. So there's been some opportunities for those to come back and get financed and make it a little bit better, which is, I think, showing in this median uh, that some of the higher, or I'm sorry, in the average, that some of the higher-end homes are selling again. So um, it sounds like right around mid-June, I guess the the secondary market of the Jumbo Loans came back to life? That's exactly right. Okay. Without getting too technical, yeah, it became um, appealing and available to originate a jumbo loan and then sell it and not have to keep it yourself. And there was about 90 days that if you originated a jumbo loan, you had to keep it, right? So if you originated a million dollar loan, you couldn't sell that to a Wells Fargo or a Chase or anywhere else. They just flat out said, we don't want them. Um, and now that that secondary market has come back. And we look at, you know, a lot of times we talk about days on market. Days on market has not been a great stat the last couple months since the, since the pandemic hit. Because, I mean, I know they basically stopped tracking it and homes just in the market, they took homes off. So that actually shows 0% right now, uh, just because that's not a great stat to, uh, to measure right now. But the close price to list price, we're actually up just a fraction, 0.05% from June 20 to June 19. So in June 19, it was at 99.63%. Now in June 2020, we're at 99.68 percent. So basically, 99.6 percent. You know that is a hundredth yeah. of a decimal point. Nothing to worry about. That's not even a rounding error. But the thing is here, you know, I've had this question. I know you've had it too, Joe. Like, hey, are our prices going to start dropping? Yeah. No, they're, they're not. not. I hear this all the time. Oh, I'm keeping all my cash on the sidelines because I'm going to wait for prices to go down 25 percent, and I'm going to scoop up three or four properties. You're going to wait a long time. That certainly prices will decline again at some point in the future, but I do not see when we have 27% increase in pending sales and a 32% decrease in active listings, we are not going to see prices decline. There's too many buyers chasing too few listings. You're not going to see price declines coming in the future in the short term, not, not by any stretch. 
All right, so we just want to give you guys the high-level stats here. Uh, so basically, like, I mean, while we had some interesting data, the market is pretty similar the way it's been the last couple of years. We're still very much a strong seller's market. Yep. Um, and that's still what we're facing out here. Um, so a lot of it's stayed the same. Definitely got some more talking points, but in a nutshell, it stayed the same. Uh, personally, what I'm doing and what I'm advising my clients to do is that I don't think it's worthwhile to wait on the sidelines. I've had a few clients based on the personal situations absolutely makes sense to based on unknown for their job or mm -hmm. things like that. To totally say, hey, great, sit in the silence for a few months. But if you are in a good position, you know, job-wise or business-wise, you're well-capitalized, It's a, I think it's still a good time to buy. And that's mostly because interest rates have dropped significantly. Yeah. And if you look at the details on there, you know, like, hey, cap rates, they continue to compress here in Denver. So they are continuing to lower, you know, a year, year and a half ago, we're talking about all these, you know, seven cap, condos are buying Aurora, we're not buying a ton of those anymore. They're more now like a six to six and a half cap. Um, it's kind of the best what we're seeing now on you know, the typical deal. But what's happened is interest rates have dropped, I mean, what, a point or so? At least, yeah, yeah a point to a point and a half, depending on your property type. Um, and so your spread from your cap rate, let's say you buy a property that, you know, two years ago would have been a seven cap and you would have gotten an investment property loan at 5%, let's just say. Your profit is that 2% difference. Now, you're going to buy this property and it's a six cap. Okay, great. It's not as great of a deal. Prices have gone up. Rents are remaining flat. Um, so your, your cap rate has gone down, but you're borrowing at, let's say, three and a half percent or three and a quarter percent, depending on your qualifications. Well, guess what? The spread is at two and a half or 2.75% difference. You're now making more money on the same property that you're paying at a higher price because you're getting the cash or getting the loan at a lower price. And so you're getting a bigger spread to make more money. And uh, I had a conversation with uh, actually one of our mutual clients. We helped him buy some properties. You did a loan for one of his properties, but he bought two condos about two years ago. Mm -hmm. And this is a great thing for people to realize we've talked about, but now since rates have dropped and refinances are you know a great thing to do right now, one of the condos he bought was in a complex that was non-warrantable yep. because of the it was over a fifty percent investor concentration. So you know, nor, you know, two years ago, or, or I think it was about two years ago, you know, you as conventional lender couldn't lend on that um, for the most part. So right. Am I Incorrect. Saying, I could, but that's okay. Well, a lot couldn't though. Many could not. That's well, they exactly changed right. the guidelines though, didn't they? Uh, no. So many lenders, um, I don't want to derail your story. No, I'm curious now because I want to make sure I got my facts yeah. right. Many lenders do look at that owner-occupant ratio and, oh, you're greater than 50% investor concentration. Oh, we're not going to help you. Um, at Cash and Cook Mortgage, we do not have that restriction. If you're putting down at least 25%, which anybody buying a condo almost always is, it could be 90% investor concentration, and we will still give you a new loan for you to be the 91st investor in that project. Well, this was still like three years ago before mm -hmm. Fannie? Because yeah, we've, we've was, always had that. Because he, for some reason, must be a different reason for not that investor concentration because he couldn't work with you. You had to go to the first bank. I, okay. I'm pretty sure that was the case. Hmm. We have to talk about that offline. I yeah, don't remember I'm, who it was. I'll give you the, the prop. I'm really <laughs> yeah. curious now to talk about this. Yeah. Regardless, he has a, a portfolio loan through First Bank, mm -hmm. you know, and they're a great alternative. They're awesome. I love First Bank. Um, but he's on a, you know, a, a 10 year arm at like a five and a quarter interest rate. Yep. And I was like, oh, hey, dude, you need to go refinance because you'll be in like, the low threes to mid threes on a refinance now yeah. and be a 30 year fixed. Yep. Um, so if you guys, you know, bought condos that, you know, were non-warrantable and definitely check with Joe because I might be crisscrossing some details here. Um, 
you know, it's a great time to refinance just because rates have dropped. Yep. And I know also for the most part of the industry, I think some, I think some underwriting guidelines changed as well. That made it easier as well. So if you guys have any of those uh, loans with local banks, I would definitely reach out to Joe and get the details because I've reached out to a few of my clients as we've been catching them. Like, oh, your rate's at that. You got that loan. Talk to Joe because they can get a 30-year fix and your rate will drop two points almost. Yeah, I'm helping a lot of people save money on their condos, their multi-units. Um, I helped a gentleman the other day refinance one of his multi-units. It's saving him uh, $450 a month on his cash flow. That makes a big impact. Uh, you know, that's $5,000 a year. Um that's a material number. That's a big number in my world. I assume it's a big number in your world. And probably for our listeners, if you could get a $5,000 a year raise, would you take it? Yes. Yeah. Right? And so that brings up the second point I want to talk about, because I had mentioned a couple months ago on a podcast, I was refinancing my fourplex. That mm -hmm. got put on hold for some tax return issues, but now that's back on track. And I bought it uh, last year, about a year ago from uh, this in August 2019. And I was at like five and a quarter. Yep. It was the interest right. rate back then. Mm -hmm. Um, and now I'm refinancing at, and you just told me the rate was 3.5%. So, I mean, that's dropping 1.75%. And actually, I did the math the other day. My cash flow will increase about 620 bucks a month. Give or take a few dollars. Yeah, That's a lot of stinking money. Yeah, if I showed up and was going to give you an $8,000 raise, would you take it? Yes. Exactly. That's what this is for that property. Yeah. And then the great thing is it's just, again, 30-year fixed, all the, you know, all the same stuff. So if you guys have invest properties out there, I would definitely recommend going out there and refinance it. And then right before we hit record on this, you brought up a really interesting point, Joe, because we, I often mention, hey, if you're right around 3%, you're basically at inflation. Mm -hmm. And you brought up a great point that, you know, with investment properties, you actually can write off the interest. Yeah. Run us, run the listeners to the math again, because I never thought about that aspect of it, how it actually impacts the numbers. Yeah. As part of the tax uh, law that was revised two years ago, um, in Colorado, it's basically no longer an availability for you to write off your interest. You have to have a very large property for you to write off your interest on your primary residence. Most people in Colorado don't have that. So you're doing the standard deduction on your primary residence. However, you can still write off interest on all of your investment properties. So let's just say that you're in a 30% tax bracket. Let's say you get a new investment loan at, we'll call it three and a half percent. All right. Well, you're going to pay X number of dollars over the course of the year in interest. 30% of that is going to be your tax savings. So if your interest rate is three and a half percent, your effective tax rate is now what? Roughly two and a half percent. All right. Or pardon me, your effective interest cost is roughly two and a half percent. Here in Denver and the nation, we run a roughly 3% inflation. So your interest cost is actually about half a percent less than inflation because of that interest that you can continue to write off on your investment properties. So I broke out my calculator. So I'm going to, uh, I want to do these numbers live with you on the air, Joe. So yeah. let's just say for ease, easy example, let's say my interest is $10,000 a year in my fourplex. Okay. So I'm going to multiply that times point. 0.35 for 3.5% interest. So I'll pay about uh, $3,500 in interest, right? That would be your tax savings. That'd be my tax savings. Okay. Tell me, walk me through so numbers again. So let's now. just say it's uh, let's just say it's a $600,000 uh, loan. Mm -hmm. Take $600,000 times 0.035. All right. $21,000 of interest is how much you're going to pay approximately. Now that is how much you're going to write off on your taxes. Okay. But because you're in a 30% tax bracket, $21,000 times 0.33. About 7,000 bucks. That's your true cash savings by being able to write that off. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're saving $7,000 on your taxes by being able to write that off versus if you did not have this property. All right. So that is a net dollar to dollar return for you, roughly $7,000. Is that a good deal? Yeah. No, it's a great deal. Right. And I guess, the, I mean, it just, it effectively drops the interest rate some as well. And then that's right. you're below inflation and that's, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So if you're borrowing, if you're getting loans right now, 3%, three and a quarter, three and a half, those are out there that are available. We're doing them every day. And it is truly giving you almost a free loan once you factor in your tax benefits and the cost of inflation that's going to increase in the future. All right, guys. So we got to wrap up here. We actually meet with a client to uh, look at some properties and, and get some numbers on paper. So we gave you the highlights on what's going on the market. It's staying strong. Interest rates are low. If you got questions on funding a property or refinancing or buying stuff, reach out to me, reach out to Joe, and we'd love to chat with you. Thanks so much, Chris. Always appreciate you having me on the show. We will catch you guys next month.